welcome back to the Richmond Tiger Cast. I'm again your host, Rodney Dangerfield, as Michael's is still cruising away somewhere out in the Pacific, I, I gather. And uh, we've tried to not damage it too much. We had a week's rest last week after Waco Y and Elton made a little bit of a mockery of the podcast. So we're going to come back this week. We've got two special guests uh, with me today. We're going to introduce again Waco 23 Jacko and another poster that all Richmond posters will be familiar with. Tells me that the pr- correct pronunciation is Joel ZT, but can call her Joe or Jolene. So I think I'll go with Joe. Welcome, guys. Welcome back, Wacko. G'day, g'day. Hello. Very... Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? I'm well. Not I'm, too bad. I'm... Well, Wacko's good too. Very good. <laughs> and uh, Wacko, here. you've read the uh, rundown sheet today, have we? Of course, as always. Very professional, mate. Michaels did tell me uh, when he handed the reins over a couple of weeks that you were the man because he said you're a very thorough preparer. And, that uh does sound like me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so um, we got we usually uh, introduce the guests by asking a fun fact. You've already done that, Waco. So we're going to ask you how you actually came about being a Richmond fan. You got a little story about that? Uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's probably similar to most people's stories. Um, when I was a kid, um, I, I actually, I'm pretty sure I started off trying to be a Sydney supporter. This would have been, you know, 19, late 1990s, um, I, I liked Plugger as a player. Um, and then my dad pretty much said to me when I was five years old, and this is when I became a member, and he said, if you want to go to the footy, you're going to have to go for Richmond because I'm not going to take you to any other games. And as a five-year-old, um, you don't have many other options for getting to the footy. So that was it for me. And uh, my first year of membership was uh, following our 2001 finals appearance. And, yeah, so I was pretty much the curse. <laughs> yeah. Dad's a legend. Yeah, well, you could say that. Or you could say he's the harbinger of evil because for the next, what, 16 years we uh, did jack shit, really. Yes, it wasn't much fun following Richmond through that period of time. So maybe we can blame you. But it's, a- it's actually good because I never saw anything great, so you know, you get used to the losses and anything that's not a 160-point belting was all right. And if it was a win, it was bloody fantastic. It, feels, it certainly feels pretty strange these days, that's for sure. And, uh, Joe, have you got a fun fact for the listeners about yourself? No, actually. I've been <laughs> racking my brain all afternoon and not really any fun facts. I'm dead boring. <laughs> <laughs> You've just done nothing in your life, not one funny thing. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what about the time you came on the Richmond podcast and had nothing? <laughs> Remember that day? <laughs> That's twice now I've come on and had nothing. <laughs> oh, well, I won't throw you under the bus. I know it's hard <laughs> to think of things sometimes. So we've got plenty to talk about anyway. And One of Michael's things that he likes to open up the show with is a roast and a toast testing, and testing. uh hello and welcome back to a new episode uh, of the richmond bigfooty tiger what cast what's going on uh, what are you doing who's that this is rodney dangerfield who are you oh rodney are you still, are you still this michaels yeah 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 I'm, I'm, i thought i uh pm'd you guys that i was back what 
Did you know about this, Waco? This is just weird. He probably doesn't even read the rundown. He wouldn't know what was going on. Oh, so are you guys in the middle of an episode, are you? Yeah, we've taken over, mate. Okay. Um, all right, well, I'll, I can I'll tell you what, up. though, while you're here. Yeah. You're back from holiday. Good holiday. Yeah, that no, was all right. It was good. Had a good time. But yeah, I was just uh, thought I'd jump straight back into the Monday night seat, but it seems like you guys have got it under control. Well, I wouldn't actually say that. But uh, whilst you're here, you might as well have a bit of a novelty and instead of hosting, uh, jump on the show. And if you're happy to hang around, just become part of the show and come in now with the roast and toast if you like. All right. That sounds good. I'll uh, think of something up on the spot. Um, carry on as you were. All right, then. Thank you very much. Well, there you go, guys. Michael's back on his guests? own podcast. Who, who else That's is unbelievable. Oh, we've got Wacko23Jacker, who you're very familiar with, oh, yes, and Jolzy T, who I think you've done a an episode with. You said perhaps might have butchered her name. I think I have, so, Joe, I'll stick with that. That's fine. Yeah, say hello, guys. <laughs> hey. <It was> Wacko <laughs> Hope you had a great now, trip. Oh, no, I did. It was good. Very good. Good to be back oh, home, though. <laughs> well, this will be a little bit uh, different for you, Michael, so you can just sit back. Answer some questions, put some shit on the host, and uh, and then uh, take your show back at the end of the week because I don't think at the end of the show I don't think I could do another one. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll completely stuff it up. No, sounds but, like you've done a good job. <laughs> we'll see. So first of all, we've got we're going to have a toast from Wacko or from Jolzy T. Sorry, oh, there we go. That's what I've done. I've started don't I, up. Don't I get a Joe. toast anymore? You can have a toast, but. We'll go Joe first because she had nothing for a fun fact. All right. Well, um, I'm just going to toast Richmond for managing to still win by 77 points with completely inaccurate goal kicking. It has been very inaccurate the last few weeks. It is for sure. frustrating. <laughs> but it's a well, toast, not a roast. 150. <laughs> you don't want to be winning by 150 points, so I can see why they're doing it. Keep, keep I the competition actually would like to see them win by 150 points. You know, just as a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to yesterday at one stage. Yes, I. <laughs> and what about yourself, Waco? You got something for a toast, mate? Um, oh, just a bit of posting today in the David Asprey thread reminded me um, of that poor old chap who was um, much loathed by many posters for, you know not being up to it and everybody was at one stage quite happy to get rid of him and I just think over the last few years he's really stepped up and now that he's got some continuity into his game has shown why he's still at the club and that he's one of the best fullbacks in the competition um he's just been great and on the weekend you know the number of marks that he had um, usually Rance is the one who gets all the accolades for his intercept marking and marking in the back line, but Asprey was fantastic. So hats off to Dave. Um, it's been a great season so far. That's a great call. I think he's a, I think Groupie used to call him Asprey, didn't he? And really <laughs> rip into him on the board. And uh, Yeah, I spent a lot I, of time defending him. Back no, then. Well, I, I made a mind actually ran into him about two years ago at a, at a party, but, and uh, he was telling him... He said, really lovely bloke, but he was saying that he was just about, his bags were packed, and he was heading to Sydney. We all thought Brisbane, but he actually told him he looked, looked like he was going to go to Sydney and because Richmond wouldn't offer him a contract. So, so wow. it's funny how, how things change. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, Michael. Close one. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, nah, he's a great player. Have you be able to come up with anything for a roast, Michael's, in that little short period of time? I've got two. The first one is uh, cool. to the P&O Pacific Eden cruise ship. For being tight asses, not having all of Fox Sports available on board, um, some games were shown. I managed to catch the last half of the Richmond-Melbourne game as we were departing. But what annoyed me most is in their little scheduled um, activities of the day, they managed to show Essendon versus Melbourne instead of Richmond versus Collingwood. So it took me another three days to finally find out the result of the game. But I thankfully watched the replay when I got home the other day. So P&O, lift your game. And the second in the main roast, I think, has to go to Mr. Robert Walls for putting three Fremantle players in his 3-2-1 best-on-ground votes. Now, I can completely understand and wear the fact that Nat Fife was best-on-ground, because he was. He'll probably get the three Brownlow votes and well-deserved. But when a team holds its opponent to four goals, nine behinds, and we kicked 15 goals for our own, surely you can find a way to squeeze in a couple of players from the winning team. You know, David Asprey, Dylan Grimes, Rance, Jack Graham, Kane Lambert. I just don't understand how none of those guys managed to get a single vote. So, Robert Walls, no ticket for you. <laughs> Did anybody great, actually great, hear great hear the uh, votes or his just justification for them or read about it? No, I only um, saw the actual, just the, just the votes on their own. What was his reasoning? I, I I'm just interested to know. Oh. Obviously, the five the five one is a no brainer, but just be a yeah. little bit controversial, I would think. That's just you know, that, that's how they roll. The Herald Sun does similar today, and I, I don't care how well. People think that five played. If your team scores four nine and you lose by seventy seven points, you're not getting three votes. I don't care how well they it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And to give three two one, like Michael yeah. said, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Mm. How can you not find a vote for a Richmond player in such a dominant performance? Because I think that the two was for Sanderlands and the one for Lockie Neal, I think. I mean Sanderlands, yeah, he won a lot of hit outs, but he wasn't really effective around the ground and they only won the clearances largely because we let them, because we knew we were going to turn it back over when they got rid of it. That's right. I think another interesting thing that this sort of highlights is the fact that nobody, nobody's really connecting the fact that we're, we're, we're controlling games and, you know, we're just keeping in the contest and we come out at the end and just roll over the top of teams. And for some reason, you know, everyone says, oh, it's junk time goals or... You know, Collingwood ran out of gas because they had a short break. But, you know, it's happening a little bit too often for it to Every be time. a freak occurrence. It's Nobody's really flicked yeah, so. that we're actually performing. It's like when you play your younger brother on a video game. You just taunt him a little bit for the first half. And then with 10 minutes to go, you just put away four or five quick goals on FIFA and, and get the easy win. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's, you don't have junk time wins in finals. We've done the same thing in the finals. You know, yeah. people just... Yeah, people just don't, are not prepared to accept the fact that Richmond are a good side still. I'm happy with that. It makes it funnier. It certainly does. You were going to yeah, say something the there, Joe? the matter yeah. is, if 17 other teams can't play us for four quarters, then that's their problem, not ours. Exactly right. Play, we play four quarters, 120 minutes every week. I think we spoke about that on uh, one of Michael's show, you know, three or four weeks ago. We spoke about the 120 Minutes, mm-hmm. and that's what Richmond do. And if you can't play it, <laughs> bad luck. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. You're just going to lose. <laughs> just have a listen to our arrogance. It's good, isn't it? I'm loving it at the moment. It feels very weird, but I'm running with it. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll have a, back, a look back at uh, the last two games because, as I said, we didn't do a show last week. So just quickly, we say last week, Richmond 16-17-113, defeat Collingwood 10-10-70. And that, that has, I've liked to have said a very gallant Collingwood. I love calling Collingwood gallant when they lose to us by 43 points. It just sounds fantastic. And that's what people are running with. I couldn't believe how much they pumped them up last week. And yesterday, Richmond 15-20 as Joe referred to with the inaccurate kicking, 110 to Fremantle with a 3-2-1 and one vote performance, 4-9-33, Robert Walls. Well done. <laughs> and just to give you another little example of uh, where we're at, just take this into account. The votes last week in the autopsy thread, the top five, 5-4-3-2-1, were Nankervis, Cochin, Caddy, Short and Martin. Yesterday... They were Lambert, Graham, Grimes, Rance and Hawley. That is 10 different players in the two games getting the 10 votes. And that doesn't include names like Rewalt, Edwards, Prestiav, Loston, Asprey, you know, Butler, Castagna. So people want to know why we're going well. There's a pretty good example. What do you guys make of the two games? Let's start with you, Michaels. Uh, the Collingwood game, as I said, I, I caught up on once I got back. They didn't play too badly for a lot of the game. They did make it hard for us to score and caused us some mild issues down the other end. I was getting a bit frustrated seeing Mason Cox just outdo Asprey almost at every contest. Um, but the last quarter was just unbelievable. We just, you know, it just feels like we just absorb all the pressure the opposition can throw at us for three quarters and just sort of do whatever we have to do to stay relatively in the game. And then we just unleash on them in the last Um Caddy, I thought was pretty impressive with four goals in his return, and I think he's now showing even more so why we recruited him in the first place. He's a jet, really good player. I'm glad he's get, getting the recognition. You guys, um, any any thoughts on the two games, Joe? Um, well, I was at the Collingwood game, and um, it was. It was actually a really good game for three quarters. The Richmond Collingwood game. It was frustrating at times because. Mason Cox, but um, for for the most part, for three quarters, it was a really good game. But then the fourth quarter, as Michael's already said, it was all Richmond and um, the Fremantle one. I found very frustrating, but um, not because it was a crap game or anything, but just because we weren't playing at our best until the fourth quarter. And it's frustrating when you know they can play better than that for three quarters, but they don't actually do it until the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, do we have I mean, a goalless quarter against Fremantle in the third? We did. Quarter three, yeah. yep. So, first time I can think of for a long time. Yeah, they that... said the first time since, um, what game was it? Was it, oh, I can't remember what game it was. I don't know, but it really cost us the game yesterday. Game last year, the first mm. one. No, oh, yep. let's not go there. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. That is amazing, that fixture. I, 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 someone must know, but I think St Kilda have won something like two or three games since, and we've lost maybe one. It's a very, very strange night. We've lost two games since the that first St Kilda match last year. We and lost against not at Geelong. the MCG? Um, the first St Kilda match Edda had, we've only lost two since then. Since, yeah. And I think they might have won two since. Yeah, it would have been Geelong and Adelaide like we lost. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, we've got a hard our, one coming up soon. But. The two teams' fortunes just turned that week. 
Yeah, what a shame. That um, third <laughs> quarter, though, the fact that we were goalless and only 20-odd points ahead to then win by 77 is just mind-blowing. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's the Collingwood game. The Collingwood supporters that were sitting near me were even commenting on it, you know, just saying, this is just, we thought we were in the game. Because we were sort of telling them, well, we'll blow you away. We're hoping we're going to be right. But, yeah, it's, we're just getting used to it. To see the Tigers blow teams away is still something very hard to get your head around. It's something that I was talking about in one of the threads on the main board, I think, with somebody. Um, The fact that, you know, Collingwood matched us there or abouts for three quarters, um, it's not necessarily that, you know, we're going flat-out pressure. You know, these are teams that are coming up against us that are busting their balls for three quarters. And when you're trying to play out of your skin and match the uh, reigning premiers who are the informed team of the competition for that long, you know, that's what you can't sustain. They thought our game plan wouldn't be sustainable, but, you know, we're not even turning the heat on the whole game. All we have to do is match them and outlast, you know, everything they can throw at us. There's no way a team's going to perform for four quarters when they're just busting a nut the whole time. So I think we're doing very, very well. That's a good point. It, it even started round one. We, I mean, a lot of us knew that Carlton were going to come out the way they did, but everyone's going to be hunting us this year no matter what. So, yeah, it's it's not fluke that this is happening. And that's, that's what I think the resilience that the team has shown, you know, like Carlton, again, like Collingwood came out and they, they were hard at it and really gave it to us for part of the game. But, you know, the old Richmond would have just folded in the past, even in games where we were winning, we'd fold under a little bit of stress, but to sustain that amount of pressure and still come out and steamroll them in the end, that's a big, big tick. A lot of self-belief in there. But what do you make of the, uh, the, the talk about the draw? It is quite odd, actually, how we've only played one team that made the finals last year. And again, we come up against North. Um, you read anything of that, that we haven't played any of the better sides yet, or just brush that under the carpet? I, I've gone on enough about this on the main board. I don't want to go into it anymore. Somebody else take it. <laughs> I didn't realise you'd done that. Who you can beat, really. Well, if we weren't beating, we were both beaten. The only we beat Carlton by was it four goals? We lost to Adelaide by less than was about by about five or six goals, and then we beat Hawthorne by three goals. But then since Hawthorne, we've beaten everyone we've played since then between 8 and 15 goals in that frame there. That's not yeah. a team mm. that's, you know, that's a good team that's beating those teams. It doesn't Why? matter where they are at the ladder. If we were just a mediocre team, we wouldn't be beating them by that much every week. Well, we wouldn't be winning a premiership. <laughs> that's what people don't realise. We were a mediocre team, but we wouldn't be winning the flag to begin but You with. know what I mean. No, but I'm saying it's just the salt again. It's just people just looking for hmm. anything they can look for. My uh, two big points that I was arguing. The first one, when you consider the draw, three of the teams we've played so far were set fixtures that we couldn't avoid. You know, we had our Melbourne Anzac Eve game. We had Carlton season opener. It's not our fault they didn't finish in the eight. Then That's the next true. week we played Collingwood and it was either Collingwood or Essendon so that we didn't have, you know unfair advantage with the break um so that's three out of the seven games that are you know slashed straight away um but the other point is 
every single game that we've played, we have improved on the uh, the matching fixture from last year. Um, so really, we've not put a foot wrong. We've we've taken it to another level, and you know you can only play who you play, as she said. And we've shown that we were better than last year in all those games. So mm-hmm. not much more to it. I think it's it. sometimes the fixture is done on slight potential of where teams are going to be the following year. So, I mean, everyone had Melbourne touted to be potentially top four. I mean, it's not our fault that they're not, and we've done them by 46 points. Brisbane, okay, fair enough. They're still rebuilding. Collingwood, everyone thought they were going to be top eight, and they still may very well end up there. But, it's, yeah, and I, Ricky Nix and I had to crack it back at him on Twitter while I was away. I've managed to find 10 minutes out of my day to do that. Um <laughs> And pretty much to what you said, Ronnie, you can only play who's put in front of you. Uh, we don't organise the fixture. We just rock up each week and play the game. So we're going to play a lot of those other harder teams, you know, another two times in the year. But at the end of the day, right. we can't just play West Coast and West Coast, Sydney and Sydney, um, Geelong down at Skilled. We can't do that week in, week out, because that's not how the fixture works. So we're going to play these teams at some point, And, yeah, it's just stop being salty. Yep, yeah. we all heard it last year, didn't we? You slow haven't beaten anyone, you slow haven't beaten anyone good, and it just kept going and going and going, just became our big gag by the end of the year. And I don't mind if they keep going, we keep running with it. We haven't beaten anyone good, we keep saying it. It's just amazing that no one's prepared to accept it. And another thing that's been annoying a lot of people in these last two games, and I'll get you to add something about this, Waco, is the famous video review system. Um, and I'll get you, you guys can add something to that too, but what have you made of that? Yeah, another thing that we've all been throwing a lot into um, on Big Footy the last week or two is the score review system. And I think a few of us summed it up pretty easily what's gone wrong. I mean, it, when it was brought in, you know, this was a system that was designed to be used in a case where an umpire may not have seen or it was a line ball that they just couldn't call, you know, with sight. And it started off being used for that. And, you know, it's always upsetting when you have a a score review called against you. But the problem is now we're seeing contests that are, you know, metres and metres from the goal line and they're pulling these camera shots from everywhere and trying to to figure, figure out if a ball's touched off the boot or whatever. We just don't have the technology in place to make those kind of calls. And there has to be a line. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Start reviewing boundary line calls and all that sort of stuff inside 50. It's just, it's ridiculous. Use it on the goal line. If it's touched, if it goes over the line, that sort of thing. Simple. And I think, yeah, just streamlining the system would really alleviate a lot of the problems and issues that we're having. Yeah. You guys going to know that that is a very frustrating uh, thing, I think. My biggest what issue is. Like oh, to, you go, Joe. What I would like to know, though, is the um, the two score reviews yesterday to, for Caddy's touched off the boot, and who was the other one? Was it? Who was uh, the Martin. other one? Dusty, I think. Martin, Dusty, yeah. yeah. Would they have been reviewed like that if the review hadn't stuffed up in the Sydney North Melbourne game on Saturday oh. night? Yeah. No chance. The only reason that we got those yesterday is because of the Sydney North Melbourne game on Saturday night, which is I annoying. I see that. Yeah, um, they 
paid a touch a behind to Sydney, which probably should have been a goal. I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was the kangaroo play kicked it and McVeigh it come off his finger looking at the replay, but they didn't pay it a behind. Uh, <clears throat> oh, that could have been it. Yeah, I know it was something like that. Yeah, it just it did cost. Well, not I don't know if it cost them five points, but you know it was something that didn't. It was something that didn't help Sydney. <laughs> And the other worst part is when they first set this whole system up, it would be working fine at some grounds. Other grounds wouldn't have the cameras. Sometimes they would have the goal umpires with the camera on the hat, which I thought was a good angle. Other games, they wouldn't. And it's just like, if you're going to implement a system like that to help the game, do it once and do it properly. Every ground has it. It's mandatory, no matter what the cost is. Um, And I think I saw, it might have even been you, Wacker, who wrote, you could even just tape an iPhone to the bloody goalpost and you'll get good enough footage. Yeah, that was me. Thanks again. (laughs) Just spend the money and get it right the first time so we don't have these issues. Who's doing it? I don't understand you. Sorry, mate. Go ahead. It can still be flawed, though. I'm not sure how many of you watch or pay attention to the A-League, but they had their grand final on the weekend. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, so the Melbourne victory goal was scored early on, um, and the amount of times they showed the replay, it did look like he was offside, then it turns out that the guy doing the video review system, something failed. He didn't have access to the footage and couldn't overturn the call. And Melbourne ended up winning 1-0, and they shouldn't have. <laughs> so, And that's in the grand final. I mean, they honestly would have been better off saying nothing than coming out and saying that's that. That's right. Um, How unprofessional yeah. is that? Yeah, but it just goes to show that even if you have, because they have pretty good technology from a visual standpoint and what they can see, but it doesn't always mean it's going to work. Yeah. Or just look at the Champions League. in Russia, aren't they supposed to be? For the World Cup, the ones from the grand final for the A League, they're supposed to be using that in Russia. Jeez, that that might get cut out pretty quick. Start a world war. (laughs) If the people in the um, the Champions League who did the video reviews were as thorough as the AFL team were this week, I don't think Madrid would have (laughs) even gotten out of the group stage of the Champions League this year. (laughs) That's true. Just true. I I don't understand how. We've gone so you know full on into our games the most complicated out of all the games that use video review technology and somehow they're delving deeper than any other sport uh, you know like it, the soccer systems they miss stuff all the time and they they look at it and it still stuff things up with the video review but for some reason we're just going balls deep into it and trying to you know find I mean the Sandy Lands touched he didn't even make any notion to the umpire that he touched it. So obviously it wasn't wasn't a big touch if he did. Caddy said that in a halftime interview. They were interviewing was just coming mm. off the ground. He said, well, he didn't you know, give any signal that he touched it, So, but it is what it is, and that's all he could have said. But yeah, yep. usually you see the players like McVeigh was going berserk that he touched it, but in, I think, both cases, the Frio players didn't really react. Very odd. And I wonder about the people doing it. They're frustrating the hell out of me too, whoever's sitting up in that booth. It's almost like the little jobs got to their head and they make it so dramatic and it goes on and on and on. I thought the umpires were the worst people in the game, but they may have been bloody overtaken by these video review people. Do my head in. We were only talking yesterday. A mate and I, it's a bit of a, a running joke I used to have, saying, you know, imagine your son come home and I make it, you know, it's, it's the 20th century now. We've just had the plebiscite. And he comes home and says, Mum, 
dead and you just hold your wife's hand and go, it's okay, son. And he says, I want to be an umpire. <laughs> wouldn't, you lose, wouldn't you lose it? And as me mate said, imagine if it was a, a video review guy or even worse, your daughter brought one home and said she wanted to marry him. Disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> At least we, might anyway. get a, we might be able to get a leg up that way if we've got a rich from Perth on the inside. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But no, they're, they're very, very frustrating, the, uh, the whole video review process. Well, we are approaching a point in the season where we are 6-1, and one, and as they discussed, probably in better form than what we were last year. And the even spread of form has been fantastic with, you know, Dusty not dominating games the way he was last year and everyone contributing. Joe, at this point of the season, who would you have at one, two, three in our best and fairest, would you think? Me, personally? Um, uh, I'd have Kane Lambert up in the top three. He's had a brilliant season. He started off slow with the first two rounds, but since then he's been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I think Cochin would be up there as well. And, yes, yeah. I'm quite biased. Everyone knows how I feel about Cochin, but... I think he'd be up there. He's had a really good season. And um, I don't know. Ugh. I want to say Rance or Asprey, but maybe Asprey, I reckon, might be up there. It's a very hard exercise, I think. I was just interested to hear who your three were because, you know, I don't know how you'd pick three, to be, to be honest with you. It's a very, very even season, but they're pretty well, three good George solutions. George would be up there as well. He's improved out of sight. So, well, Jaden Short, the yeah, other guys Jayden that are Short, yeah. mm-hmm. playing, playing really well. He would, Josh Caddy, and obviously Dusty. And uh, Jack's had a great year. Oh, it's just amazing how consistent the team has been, I think. And yeah. It's hard, hard enough for us to figure out our top three, yet alone us to think what other people would put in their top three. That's, that's making it yeah. even harder. That's right. Uh, it's just good fun talking about how good we are, basically. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're doing. I tell you what, we've got most really arrogant good time to team to ever win a flag. You did. You, you, I tell you what, you're almost like the good luck charm, Michael's. I reckon you started Tony this podcast and we've barely lost since. If if we had started this a couple of years ago, would not still be going. It would have just fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah, I know. Everyone would be going. What are these idiots talking about? We're shit. <laughs> you enjoy it while you can. And uh, just on how how brilliant we are, <laughs> I'll ask you, Michaels. Our our depth, it, it's forever increasing, and it, it really is quite amazing when you see who's in and who's out, and how tough it is to get a game. Do you think this would be a problem uh, with player retention when when it comes to the end of the season, with a lot of players getting a lack of opportunity? It will become a problem. Um, our depth's now become what we've always wanted it to be, as supporters. So one player goes down, another one comes in and plays the role, very similar to what Hawthorne had and what Geelong had and all that kind of stuff. Um, I th- the big point I want to make first is I don't think it can be understated how important it's been to have our own VFL team as a standalone club. Um, yeah. You could tell when it was with Coburg, the conflicting game styles really confused the players coming into the senior team. And that kind of didn't allow everyone to play their role and play as a cohesive unit. But everyone playing the same brand of football from top to bottom makes such a big difference. You look at Sam Lloyd, who came in last week, played one of his best games for a couple of years, and he'd be pretty unlucky to be dropped. Miles has been bashing down the door. Menadju, Corey Ellis, Brandon Ellis is now back there. Uh, Bolton and Garthwaite, they, they could all come in and, and probably play a decent role for us. But to your point... 
It will eventually bite us in the ass, though, uh, with players that are going to naturally want more opportunity. I was pretty surprised that Lloyd or Miles didn't find a new home last trade, whether that was because we didn't offer them or there was no bites, I'm not sure. But um, I think we can cater and handle losing outside midfield depth, but we don't want to be losing our inside midfield depth. And the one player I'd be disappointed to lose, only because we haven't seen what he could do at the top level yet, is Ryan Garthwaite. He's tearing it up in the VFL on the back line, but he simply isn't going to get a game until someone's injured because you just can't justify taking a defender out. But you want to keep him on board. I reckon Garthwaite, I wouldn't be um, going anywhere if I was him because, you know, Rance did say at the end of this contract it could very well be his last and that ends next year. So, um, yeah, I reckon... He can pull it at any stage, Rancy. Yeah, I would definitely not be jumping. And I, I mean... It's, you know, there's still the challenge of winning the VFL flag. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as AFL footy, but I don't think they're, they're going to be too bored. Yeah, let's be honest. We've been unbelievably blessed with injuries as well, so that's not going to last forever. So opportunities will present themselves, you'd think. But as Michael said before, when he went rattled off those names, he just it's just going to be amazing that the calibre of player that just aren't going to get a game. Well, I mean, I think Brandon Ellis is going to find it pretty difficult to get back in at the moment too, the way Jaden Short's playing. and Especially you know, if you real... watched him in the VFL on the weekend. I didn't see that. He struggled, did he? Not struggled. Know. He just, just he was just there. He just didn't yeah. didn't lift. And he was the bloke, you know, who's been in the seniors for 120 games in a row yeah. or whatever. He should have been absolutely smashing it as a midfielder. But he just didn't. Guys like Menadieu and Markov and these guys, you know, very, very talented young players. And, you know, unfortunately, they're not even really close at the moment, <laughs> no matter how well they play. And like you said, Garthwaite's another one. And young Stengel, I don't know what's going to happen with him. And even, um, um, you've got, we've still got Rioli to come back in at some stage. Yeah. Like, if everyone's well, playing I don't think he'll to walk this back level. No, I think he'll go through the VFL as well. But it's like when time comes that... He could come back in. Who goes out? I mean, I know it's all form-based, but as it stands right now, he'd be pretty hard-pressed to to be removed. Certainly will. And then, as I said, with no injuries, it does make it very difficult, but let's fingers crossed that it stays that way. But um, getting a few little ones here and there, pressed ear and stuff like that, but nah, it is, the, it's a nice problem to have. All the injuries we're getting, though, seem to be contact-based as opposed to soft-tissue-based. Touchwood, yeah, exactly right. Which is yep. a credit to the, the fitness and conditioning guys, Touchwood, like you said. But, um, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have. Unless you're a selector, then it's a complete nightmare. Ugh, being a selector at Richmond would be the worst job. And for a good reason moment. this time, instead of like, shit, yeah. we're going <laughs> to play this week. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we had not enough players that could play. It's just amazing how quickly it's turned around, I think. But, yeah, credit to everyone involved. All right, before we move on to preview the game against North Melbourne, or well, North, as we like to call them, I'll do a quick little who am I for you guys and see how you go. Um, I reckon someone might get it pretty quick this time. All right, I was born on the 27th of October, 1980, and I was I debuted for Richmond round 22, 1999. At the MCG, I played until 2006. I was 196 centimetres tall and weighed 96 kilograms. This this I found a little bit disturbing. I played 99 games 
and kicked 28 goals. My first number was number 37, having been recruited from Woi Woi, and I played the next uh, 98 games, I think, of my career in the number 20. Does anyone know who that might be? Ray Hall. Ray Hall. Bang, on the money. Ray, yeah, Ray's a Ray. 99 games. I never knew that. It's a shame. <laughs> I didn't realise how short his career would be. Yeah, it felt like yeah. he played for a lot longer. Yeah, it's yeah. funny when you look back at some of these things. It does, you get a few surprises, but I thought, 99 games, surely we could have got him 100th. But <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a son that's a bloody superstar. <laughs> There's nothing shorter that than that good? happening. I know. I'll be going, oh, he's one game. Well, oh, you'd bring him back, wouldn't you, and play him as a 55-year-old just, just for that really one game out. if he's yeah. with a gun. Yeah. It'd <laughs> be worth doing. <laughs> All right. Let's let's preview up against our uh, everyone's favourite uh, opponent when you're a Richmond supporter, North. Now, it is a lot more of a, a much more significant game than we probably forecast before the season with their apparent improvement. Um I don't know how many of us watch a lot of North, but I'll ask you first, Joe, is there any reason you can see why North have improved so much? Oh, I've actually only watched one North Melbourne game. Uh, that was the one on Saturday night against Sydney. Um, I've actually, in, I mean, from that game, I was impressed with their defence. I hate the bloke, but Robbie Tarrant is, seems to have really improved. He's, he's always been good, but... He seems to have gone up another level this year, and I think a lot of it, their improvement has come from their defence and their team defence. They're a lot... Um, it's From what I can tell, Sydney had a really hard time getting through them on Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. I haven't seen a lot of them. What about you, uh, Michaels? You, you've been away, but have you seen much of North this year? I, I think their improvement is a myth. Bear with me on this. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't to try and be a jerk either, I like but I, like look, I, I predicted they were going to finish between nine and ninth and thirteenth, and a lot of people that I knew were saying they're going to be bottom four. So they are an okay team, but people talk about our fixture being a reflection of where we're at. Their fixture is probably even more a reflection on where they're at. So this is who they've played so far and, and how it panned out. So they had Gold Coast, who were currently thirteenth, and they lost to them by sixteen points. They played St Kilda, who was sixteenth and won by fifty-two. Fair play. Uh, played Melbourne, who were 10th, lost by 37 points. Carlton, who were 18th, won by 86. Hawthorne, who were 4th, won by 28. Port Adelaide, who were 11th, lost by 33 points at Etihad Stadium. And they obviously beat Sydney last week by 2 points. Uh, for a long time now, they've been a very up-and-down team, and I just still don't see that pattern being any different, to be honest. They, they've beating the teams they should be beating, and yeah, they jagged one against Sydney, which was fantastic, um, and the Hawthorne win as well, but they've been up and down as well. But, you know, losing to Port down here, losing to Gold Coast by 16 points, I don't know. I'm I'm not fully buying into the hype on them just yet. Yeah. This is why Michael's is the man. I love it. <laughs> That's I, very good. Yep. It is interesting, I'm totally though. The, I'm totally okay with that explanation. I believe you 100%, Michael's. They haven't improved. <laughs> Maybe the other teams have gotten worse. And it's just a, a figment of our imagination that they've gotten better. But for the sake of the Northboard meltdowns when they finally tumble down the ladder, let's let them think that they keep doing really well. <laughs> As a North supporter, I'd be fuming anyway. Like, they're just not... They don't go anywhere. And I know North supporters who are dirty on it. They get, you know, well, they're, gonna fit, they're never going to get draft picks. 
they're just always floating around that no man's land. So yeah, good luck to them. They want to win a few games. And as we've seen the last off season, they're not a destination club. Two blokes knocked back a ridiculous amount of money to go there because they just didn't want to be a part of that club and that culture. So I know they've got to try and turn around their on-field success, but I don't know. Their game style's okay, works against some teams, but I think they're going to get found out when they start playing a lot more of the top teams because they've played predominantly well, a 13th, a 16th, an 18th, and 11th place side. So once look you what get... we forced you to pay Martin. Yeah, hey? well, that's right. What do you yeah. think about that? Hey, yeah, exactly. We might just they're, pay him. Not as um, not as young as everyone seems to be acting to. You know, they're saying, you know, oh, we're in the rebuild mode. Um, but somebody posted the age figures and games played of uh, our game and the North game on the main board, and North uh, were the same age as us and same amount of games played. I think it was a month different. Um, yeah, you're right. And we're pretty young for a team that's just won a flag. You know, we're sort of just hitting our, this is our real window now, age-wise. But they were the same age as Sydney, same age as us. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried that their spine is, you know, all these blokes who are 30. But um, having said what I said about their form, it's still a danger game because for whatever reason, in the past, they've always played a good brand of football that's, hurt our brand of football. Eddie uh, had ben, Stadium. And that's I mean, that's a big factor as well. I think the last time we played him at the G outside of the final is I can't actually remember when it was. But uh, Big Ben Brown's obviously a bit of a threat. And it, it'll be a big contest. And for all we know, they might jag it. But yeah, long term, I'm, I'm not sure that they're as good as they think they are just yet. Well, that answers my next question, which was going to be, <laughs> is it proposed a threat, you know, North Melbourne? I don't seriously think it is but uh, yeah I, I mean I get a little bit uneasy talking like this but yeah I just think we'll do a number on them personally Can I just say one thing there yep. is one thing you can be 100% sure of with North Melbourne however and that is no that they will up. try and play their best against us 100% <laughs> we're their grand yeah. final and that's not even yeah, in the joking maker. sense it literally is Smasher. is yeah it's like, have they ever had a bad game against us outside of last year? No. Has Jared Waite ever had a bad game against us? Oh, no. Whether he played for North or no. Carlton? Only when he's injured and not playing. But, you know, whenever he's playing against us, he seems to play his bloody best game of the year. Well, the banter thread's been very, very interesting already if you get time to, to hop into that. Um, oh, I learned it's going to fire um, up because they, it brings the best out of them. I learned that Wacko's username is reflective of his IQ because it's got a number in it. <laughs> no, that, that, that wasn't just me, mate. That was, no, no, that was, was 25 everywhere. other posters. Yeah. 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 He's getting right into it, that mad Adam, isn't he? He's having a real crack. Did but you know that they made his a, grand final. a TV show about a book? Uh, the, the Handmaid's Tale or something, I think it was. Apparently I didn't know a, what he was talking about. A book and a TV show. Some. It's very... Yeah, that cool. lost me. <laughs> that, that all lost me. I don't know what's going on, but... I think he's uh, overcompensated a bit for RFC Tiger 74. I think that might have overshot the back <laughs> a little bit. But... <laughs> yeah. Is like there that. a team RFC Tiger 74 hates more than North Melbourne? I don't think so. No, no, there's not. <laughs> I mean, I've caught up with him a few times. He's not a fan at all of North. No. Is he the one who had the bet with Philly Roo? 
he was one of the ones that had a bit with Philly Roo. I think half <laughs> I, the board. I bloody hated him too. Yeah, that was good times. Philly Roo and Snake and all that on the board, having a real crack. And, yeah. What I, what I and Snake's like, still so, taking digs whenever he can. <laughs> has Snake, has Snake posted on the board. banter thread yet? Uh, no. No, a lot of post, them haven't. I saw him post in the non-opposition supporter thread, but not in the banter thread, which I found amusing. <laughs> uh, uh, he's, good he's good value, Very Snake. Edgy. I've spoken to him on a podcast before, and he, he knows his stuff. He's just a master troll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's absolutely very good at it. Yeah, good luck to him. 25,000 of his 26,000 posts come from bloody Bay 13. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, and well, a dusty thread. I think that says it all. The best trolls are always usually on that on Bay 13, so that's why he's so good at it. Yeah. All right, we'll move on off your matchups then and have a look at those. Wacko, you can have a look for us at a very pivotal one in Rance versus Ben Brown. A bit of a height. Uh, not now, Rance. I um, Sorry, Asprey, read Asprey. The, uh, the, the... Yeah, I was going to say, mate. Um, I read no, no, the no, run no, sheet and saw uh, Asprey versus Brown. Asprey versus Brown, which is what would be the matchup. How do you think that'll go for us? Um... I like Ben Brown. I'm not a big fan of his hair. He's a great kid, though. <laughs> kicks, kicks, snags. Um, my my biggest concern is Ben Brown on the lead is pretty hard to stop. As far as a one on one for Asprey, um, it really depends on their ball movement, um, what kind of balls he's getting. If he's going to have to sit back and take marks, I'd back Asprey to beat him. And I think even on the lead, as long as we've got Rance floating in the right spots. Um, I I would expect him not to kick any more than four goals, which I think he's going to have to do if they want to hurt us. Yeah, I think you're right with the, the, the ball movement, though, isn't it? It's going to be, you only had to look at the, the JLT game we played against them, the, the manic pressure that you know, they just didn't get a smooth delivery into mm. it. I think Eddie Had's going to be... I reckon it's going to turn into a, a bit of a, a non, non-scoring affair. I just reckon teams are able to shut down our ball movement a lot easier on that ground. Um, and I think our defence is good enough on any bloody ground to stifle teams. So it'll be interesting to see what that does to it as well. Except against St Kilda. It's <laughs> <laughs> giving me the heebie-jeebies that game thinking about. We don't play the ground well, let's, let's be honest. We do yeah. not play the ground well at all. So I'd forgotten the game was there. I'm not so confident now. And <laughs> there will be a few other matchups. Uh, Joe, we'll get you to have a look at still looking at defence. Grimes and Rance against the combination of Mason Wood, who just fresh off five, I think it was on the weekend, wasn't it? And uh, Jared Waite. How do you see that one going? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, I actually think Grant. Grimes and well, maybe I'm biased, but I actually reckon Grimes and Rance should get on top of them. Um, Rance, uh, it's keep, keep I'm not PG. really good with the whole party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with the whole, you know, the whole. Uh, I don't know. Talking about the matchups and stuff. One on one matchups. I reckon Rance on Wood. They're both as athletic as each other. Grimes on weight because you know Grimes should have been on weight in that bloody elimination final. Three years ago, huh? yeah. yeah. It's interesting which way they go with that. I'm not sure. I sort of thought maybe Grimes would go to Wood, but yeah, you might be right. 
I just, I think Wood's really Rand, athletic, he? Yeah, he and is. he can take a mark. Yeah. And I think I just, Rance is probably the one that will – Rance will do what Rance does. He'll peel off his man and help where he's needed. But um, for pure for one-on-one, I reckon Rance is the matchup for Wood personally, but they're both as athletic as each other. Mm. Yeah. If, if Wood's going to get outside 50, I reckon Grimes goes with him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Definitely I reckon want Rance in the 50, yeah. The big thing that our defence this year, while we've been able to, you know, really – even like the end of last year, really nullify teams is we're, we're taking massive risks and it's shown, you know, Melksham kicking all those goals and blokes getting five goals against us is because Rance is, if you watch him, he'll just, anytime the ball comes in, he's happy to peel right off his man. And we're willing to take that risk because we've got the confidence that, you know, we'll be able to clean up any mess we make. Yeah. And that's yeah, really almost... stifled teams. It almost seems like in some games when, when the opposition coach has, thought, has put a defensive forward onto Rance, it's almost like Rance or whoever's said, you know something, let that person kick goals, just help the rest, help make sure the rest don't kick goals. It almost feels like that. They're yeah. happy to let that defensive forward do whatever while stopping everyone else. Tiger 71 actually came up with that theory. Oh, um, did he? I missed that. After, yeah, no, that. I think it was I think it was after the Melbourne game. He wrote it somewhere. Um, oh. and I think I, I called him Tiger, Mr. Tiger Magic 71, but it's actually not such a crazy theory. Yeah, well, he's only just a little bit uh, dumber than to- RFC 74, <laughs> Tiger 71. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. He cops a lot of crap. Uh, nice bloke, sir. Yeah, he is. Very nice. Um, the midfielders, Michaels, how do you think uh, that's going to shape up in the, in the middle of the ground, uh, Richmond North? This is where they could potentially get a hold of us a little bit. I know we've got some good players of our own, but Sean Higgins has been in pretty good form. Uh, he's pretty much their main link-up man to go through the middle of the ground, good on both sides of his body, and he sets up a lot of their goals. Um, so someone maybe like a Kane Lambert might run with him, Jack Graham potentially, uh, but we need to, to make sure we're calling his influence. And the place, that I reckon this is where they usually beat us, is the physicality of Cunnington and Zeeble doing the grunt work and winning the hard ball gets. So this year, we've been a bit down on our contested ball winning, so we have to make sure that we can match it with those two. If Presti is out, that really hurts our ability to be able to do it. But we've still got Graham, Cochin's probably going to come back in, and Josh Caddy obviously doesn't mind throwing his weight around. So he's going to need to be pretty brutal at the contests. Um, and obviously Dusty not being 100% for the last few weeks now, well, it appears that way anyway, it'll be interesting to see where he spends most of his time. I wouldn't mind seeing him play a bit more forward again to try and expose their back line. But um, yeah, I think their work rate and their hardness in the middle is where we're going to have to try and match them the most. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, uh, as you said, Ben Jacobs is off it. Obviously, presented a few problems for us in the past too, taking Cochin, and that'll probably be the case again. So, yeah, he'll probably definitely yeah. get that role again. He'll have to be on top of our game in the in the middle of the ground. And up the other end of the ground, what do you guys think? Do, do you think, oh, Joe? You touched on it before that you were pretty um, keen I think on their Tarrant defense. Tarrant will go on Rewalt, but Tarrant always takes Jack. Um, but the the two of them just seem to roll each other up. It's ridiculous, those two. It's really funny <laughs> watching their their 
battles up in the for, up in our forward line. Remember last year they kept niggling at each other. It was hilarious. You'd but, always be yeah, yeah, Tarrant will go on rewalk. Mm. And you'll almost call it a nil all draw. Like you can't really see one getting a hold of the other one massively. So it comes down to whether yeah. they can stop our other fours, I guess. That's can I that's ask, the thing. Do they, they have the any um, defenders that can take our small forwards? Because if they don't, George and Townsend could have a day out. <laughs> Marley Williams yeah. will probably play on one of them, but I don't really think oh, he he's play super on George, accountable. Probably. Uh, they seem to uh, wax uh, Butler and. Castagna each week. One plays well and the other one's quiet, so it's probably Dan Butler's week this week to get off the chain while they, they uh, clamp down on Castagna, but God help it on opposition if, you know, the, those two and Townsend all fire on the on the same day with Jack. Who's the guy that who takes Higgins. their intercept mark? So is that Tarrant that does that? You're not thinking of Scott Thompson, yeah. are you? Thompson does yeah, a bit of it too. They, Scott Thompson's really tall though, but Townsend, I reckon he'd Love getting into Thompson's head because Thompson has a temper. He could make <laughs> Thompson do something he's going to regret. They're probably most likely to be a matchup, I reckon, because uh, Thompson's usually he he's played on big and small before against us. Um, but I reckon we'd try and get Townsend on him for that reason. Not yeah, because you can get that. into Thompson's head. I remember I watched him on Saturday night. He did something to someone because they got into his head. I can't remember what it was, but it was. Yeah, it was funny watching him. Yeah, he Jake does the do silly things when he loses his temper. Temper Thompson does. Yeah. Well, it's the right man for the job. You know, <laughs> yeah. town Illinois, and uh, that's, he oh, yeah. seems to enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, it could could be an interesting uh, an interesting game in the, in that regard. And that, like we've well, spoken about their two main defenders. That's where we're going to yep. get more dangerous when Dusty or Caddy or someone like that's going forward because then how do they look after them as well? That's right. Yeah. Oh, we've got such a unique forward setup. I don't think there are any teams really that are equipped to handle it. And one of the least, I would think, is North Melbourne, which is why I'm not that concerned about the game, apart from it being an Eddie Hatter, which I hate. But uh, Ugh, apart from that, man. I just don't see how they match match up with us. Especially our forwards. I just don't think they've got the players to do it. If Dusty cuts loose, well, good luck. He, and he does like playing North. So, likes it more than playing for them, as we know. Snake and uh, <laughs> Philly. Yeah, they may even put um, Dusty's best mate on him. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, what, what's that bloke's name again? I was trying to remember him today. He's a nobody. Well, Marley, Marley Williams. Williams is his Marley best Williams. mate, isn't he, apparently? Yeah. <laughs> is he still getting a game, Marley Williams? Oh, yeah, he's actually playing really well for North. Um, was it Michaels or Wacko? One of them mentioned him a second ago on one of our oh, smalls. Right. Yeah. yeah, he'll probably take I one of the small fields, I reckon. He's playing well. Yeah. You weren't meant to say that, Joe. Meant to Pardon? Be taking the piss. You weren't meant to say that. We're meant to be taking the piss out of North support. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Williams, is, he sucks. He's crap. Right, he's bad. having a shit season. <laughs> Sorry, bad season. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting towards the end of the uh, show, thank God, I think, as everyone would say, but uh, we better get a tip from everyone on uh, on this week's game. So I'll start with you, Wacko, your tip for this week, and then, uh, or anyone you think will come into the side as well. My tip is that I'm not going to be at the game. Um, <laughs> this is my registered one Melbourne game for the year that I always manage to 
plan something on so I don't have to go to Etihad Stadium, so that's good. Um, What's well, Mother's Day? Oh, I forgot about that. I'm doing something else. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, the main point, um, Sorry, I reckon it's going to be... Ooh, what, did, what did I say last time? I, I went up from uh, 60, 62 to 100, 124, so we must be up to about... a. 248 points this time, surely. Jesus Christ. By which quarter? Oh, no, that's full-time score. Full-time score, Michaels. Don't be silly. (laughs) I reckon I'd give footy away a happy man if we beat North by 242 points. It's better than last year's grand final. It would be the best Mother's Day ever if we beat North by 220-odd points. The new Mother's Day massacre. Oh, yeah. And what's your tip, Joe, for the game? Well, I was actually makeshift Mauler asked me to make a traditional delusional Richmond prediction. However, Wacko's already done that, so I don't need to do that. That's um, Wacko, though. Uh, uh, I reckon we should win. Um, all right, I'll I'll go with. I'll be conservative. One hundred twenty points. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope just one North supporter listens to this podcast, please. <laughs> Michael, are we going to uh, put a little bit of mayo on yours as well? No, no, I, I do like to be somewhat fair and reasonable. Uh, I think if Prestia is out, who will come in? I wouldn't mind seeing Menadry come in for a run on Eddie Had, um, but either way, I think Richmond will get up by about 30 to 40 points. Oh, boo. <laughs> that's boring, Michaels. <laughs> oh, I tend to agree with Michaels. I would think that's a, a pretty yeah, that's about what fair enough margin. Well. Why well, we don't get you on as a guest, mate? Your predictions are just rubbish. That's he might be coming back on our show, are. mate. Oh, well, that's um. You might have heard my phone just got <laughs> went off. That was my daughter in the other room messaging. When are you getting off that phone so I can eat something? So. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's kind of the end of the show, and uh, we'll, we will hand it back to Michaels, and uh, we hope we haven't damaged your brand too much, mate, and got you through the show. No, not at all. Thank you so much for having me on and for taking the reins while I was away. Much appreciated. You're more than welcome to do so at any time if you feel like doing it again. Oh, we'll have a bit of a rest for now, I think. <laughs> we got through it. I don't know how or how I got through it, but uh, we did. And thanks very much, Joe, for coming on the show mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for your fun fact. It was terrific. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm such an exciting <laughs> person. <laughs> well, next time you're on a podcast, you can tell your fun fact was going on a podcast with Michael's myself and Waco. Uh, there you go. You've got a story. Yeah. Well, I did think about um in I did think about s- talking about the time I acted like a complete dill when I saw uh, Dusty Martin and, and Brett Delidio out on the street. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah you done. did have one. Except I didn't actually speak to them. I ran into my office building and started screaming and crying in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) What? Serious, I'm not even joking. I'm glad you didn't tell it then. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just joking. All right, guys, well, that'll do. And um, again, thank you very much, Michael. I hope we uh, didn't uh, do do you a disservice. And um, good luck. Getting back to your, your tiger cast next week. Yeah, no, thank you once again for taking over, guys. Much appreciated. No worries. All right, see you guys. See you guys.
thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!